several top secret, moderately secure, maybe soundproof locations across South Texas. This is the post-season edition of the Spurs Insider Podcast with Jeff McDonald and Tom Ringo Starr Orsborn and Nick Talbot. I'm Mike Finger, and I guess we can start off with the fact that after the Spurs played their last regular season game of the season this week, Greg Popovich informed us in the post-game Zoom that we should tell Tom Orsborn that the streak is not over, that it's fake news that they're, the Spurs have not uh, are not going back to the playoffs for the first time in 23 years. And Tom, I just want to get your reaction to that. It was a hoax. It was a hoax. Uh, the whole thing is a hoax. They're actually uh, still alive. Yeah, I guess, maybe the whole year's been a hoax. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> is is it a big deal? I mean, it, it's 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 a weird thing, and we'll start off with the fact that for the first time since 1997, the Spurs are not going to be in the NBA playoffs. Um, it was the longest such streak in major pro sports the, tied for the longest in nba history we kind of saw it coming for a long time but does it does the fact that it's finally here does that kind of sink in with anybody out there i i you know it was bound to happen sometime all things must pass yeah, yeah. It, was, it was bound to happen i mean you look at other sports franchises and you just kind of marvel at this because no one else really does this. What what was the previous 22 of that? You have to go back to the 76ers before they were even the 76ers. Right. Which is right. They were the absolutely Nationals. incredible. If you're a fan of any other team, you don't look at this and say, you, can never, you can't imagine any other team making this. I'm, I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. If they made the postseason 22 years in a row, I would fan over dead. Yeah. And it's, that's kind of apples and oranges because of how many teams make it in the NBA. But for the most part, it, we can throw out maybe the last three seasons. But for 19 of those 22 seasons, it wasn't like the Spurs were squeaking in with the eighth seed. They, were, they had legitimate championship, uh, if not expectations, then, then hopes in 19 of those 22 years where they thought they were in it. And... Uh, it's it's I realize it's easy to take for granted um, in a city and and even in a league where this is kind of old hat. You know the Spurs have been in the playoffs for so long, but it, it really is a, a remarkable accomplishment that they were able to do it for so long. And now we're at a point where you know the last three years people were almost ready for it to be over to get back into a lottery again and start over. But I think um, just everybody's doing themselves a bit of a disservice if, if they don't just take a second to, to think about what just ended and, and how we're probably never going to see anything like I'm it again. And we have, in, I can hear something that isn't soundproof in the, in the Jeff <laughs> McDonald secret location. Have there been some invaders into your, uh, into your top secret location? Yeah. <laughs> Tom. Tom, tell us more about the streak. Just your your overall impressions of it. You were you've been at the well, Express News the entire Pop, time. You know what, Pop Pop said it best last night. Yeah, and I know it's it's kind of goes without saying. You have to have great players, and and still, I I don't think we appreciate 
Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, enough. I mean, yeah. uh, gosh, in other markets. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe I'm wrong there. I mean, I think San Antonio appreciates them, but but they still haven't got the acclaim they deserve. I mean, there's right. just a tremendous troika. Um, Tim, I mean, I... I I, I don't know why he doesn't get more credit for being, you know, top five player in the league. He's just, he's tremendous. I mean, right. forget about what he did on the court. And it, it's just the, the overall package, the leadership and the great teammate, the unselfishness. I mean, the guy was just incredible. Well, was was I off base today in the, in the paper, Tom? And it, again, yes. you were, you, you were, you were at the express news through all of this, but at the, when Tim came here, there was no guarantee that the Spurs were going to stay here forever. I mean, that no. was very, very much up in the air. And the argument could be made that that Tim Duncan and, and this whole kind of dynasty made sure that the Spurs stayed in San Antonio, oh, right? Without, without question. I mean, the AT&T Center doesn't get built. Um, you know, it, it, it gave them the momentum to get the vote passed and to get the uh, political leadership on board and all the factions to come together and and get that arena that was so much needed. Um, the Spurs are a remarkable story. I mean, over and over again, we saw points in their history where they could have left or where they're on the verge of leaving. You know, they got they got Gervin. That was that mm-hmm. was a miracle in itself that involved a lot of legal wrangling. And then David Robinson. They were on the verge there after those incredibly lean years in the mid '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Tim. Tim sealed the deal. I mean, you were you're absolutely on point. Before, um, I mean, one, one of the controversies of, of the Robinson era early along was that they they wanted their own charter plane, right? right. That's, that's, that shows you how yeah. times have changed. They were flying basically commercial before then. Yeah, it took a very bold for that time, a very bold ahead of its time letter from David to Red McCombs to to get that plane. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that that was an amazing thing back then for a player to speak that boldly and to write a letter like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's a great point, Mike. Jeff McDonald um, started, took over as beat writer right after the 07 finals, I believe. That is correct. And probably, probably thinking you're coming in on the tail end of something. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I mean, kind of. Since we're in a reflective mood, I mean, you could kind of speak to that. But it, it after that championship, it was like that's probably the last one, and these guys are getting old. And you know, Johnny Ludden was the guy who was around for most of this dynasty, and now I'm just coming at the end. And it turned out you, you're you're what 13 years dwarfed the guy who came before you, and and it, it stuck around for a long time, didn't it? Trying to make me feel old here. I don't think I have to try to do that. That's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, yeah, they were coming off that championship uh, over the Cleveland Cavaliers, and I mean, they were st- they were still a good team. Like, like they went to the conference finals the next 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 season. I, I don't. I think you could one could make the argument if the Lakers don't trade for Pau Gasol in the middle of that season, the Spurs go back to the finals in uh, in '08. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. it got to a point where they went, you know. Swept by Phoenix in the second round, out in the first round, and you're, you know, it just seemed like that's the natural progression of the dynasty. You know, they're, they're not, they're, one year they're a seven seed, like they're just, they're, it's just dropping little by little. And then, uh, like, I hate to bring up the name, but they, uh, they draft that Kawhi Leonard kid and it just bounces things right back up. And if, if you want to talk about, I mean, 
you want to talk about the streak, if Kawhi Leonard is still here, we're still talking about that streak for how much longer? Uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. So, it really is. That, that can kind of lead us into the next part of this podcast, which is um, here to encourage everyone to subscribe to the Express News. You can get a great deal for one month of digital access at the Express News, all your Spurs stuff, all your real news stuff. Subscribe to the Spurs Nation newsletter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut it off after that. I went on too long on the, on the spiel last week. But Kawhi Leonard, an excellent draft find from the middle of the draft. Um, not a not a top 10 pick. The Spurs in recent years, even as they've kind of faded from championship contention, now in each of the last four seasons have found a um, a genuine contributor, a genuine player they can depend on from the middle to the back half of the first round. Um, and now they're heading into an offseason where they figure to have their highest pick in many, many, many years. Um, they slot in right now at the 11th spot of the lottery, but that could improve if they get lucky and the ping pong balls go their way. That's kind of how we can start the offseason discussion is, you know, the kind of their success at finding those guys in the middle of the draft and, and, and with a chance to, to get another one that, that could be taken even higher. You remember when they're like it's it's gotten to the point where every year is their highest pick since Duncan. Remember right. when that was uh, number twenty? Yeah, pick the twentieth highest pick since Duncan, and uh, that was that was James Anderson. Remember James Anderson? I do. Oklahoma State. Yeah. Oklahoma State. Yeah. Big game, James. Except you know, uh-huh. not in the NBA. Uh, sweet right. kid though. Um, but um, yeah, you know they'll they've 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 done well to like I don't, we're all on the like the the bubble high. But that Keldon mm-hmm. Johnson pick is looking pretty good from last year. It is. Yeah, Part of the Kawhi Leonard deal. Yes. Yes. I mean, the Spurs fleece the Raptors. DeMar, <laughs> Jakob Pedal, Pertle, and Keldon Johnson. And Keldon Johnson. I think the, the Raptors brain just they're – just, they're, they're, Massage should be fired, kept, to be honest. They get kept up. They, they can't sleep at night thinking of what they let slip away. Um it's just got to haunt them forever that they let go forever. of Demar, Pirtle, and Kelton Johnson. Forever. Every time, got... every time they look up in the rafters at that uh, championship banner, they'll think, "But we could have had Kelton Johnson." Yes, yes, I think you're right. Um, what What do you expect out of this next pick? There's no way you can. This is one of the weirdest NBA draft yeah, scouting no years, anyway. Like you wouldn't know in a normal year who the Spurs would take it with the 10th pick because they kind of go against the grain. But you would think they'd have to go with something other than a fifth consecutive, like, guard, right? I mean, now, now's I, the time to find something else. I mean, I guess, but all you play is guards nowadays. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's just gotten to be in the NBA. You just play your five best players as best you can and figure it out. I mean, we're playing – we're technically playing – DeMar DeRozan at the four in Orlando, technically, because the, 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 the one through four designations are just meaningless. So, yeah, you're either going to go another one through four or you're going to go a big. It's just smalls and bigs now. And I don't know. Bigs are harder to find. That, or that work in the NBA, you know, like you can go find a big, big stiff, but you don't want a big stiff. You want a guy that can move and switch and shoot. And those guys go tend to go really high when they're available. Go ahead, Tom. Well, 
could could this be the year we we see a blockbuster draft trade? Uh, you know, we no no decision yet, or no. You know, they talked about we we heard some stuff about uh, Lamarcus last night, but right. You know, that's that's something that's uh, got to be settled, and how he fits in with this you know, small ball lineup that we saw in, uh, in the bubble. It seems like um, there's a decent chance. I'm not saying that it's even a greater than 50% chance, but a greater chance than last year that one of those two guys probably will at least be dangled as available because as as well as that small ball lineup worked in the bubble with Demar playing the four, like I'm not sure it works as well when Lamarcus is the five. We talked about this on a on a podcast previous that maybe Lamarcus could slide in and be that fifth guy, but I'm I'm not sure the way his game works where he likes to be kind of away from the basket. They need more of a purdle type, do the dirty work to to play in that small ball lineup, mm-hmm. and so I think it's 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 totally conceivable that LaMarcus could be back and and just as conceivable that DeMar DeRozan could be back but both of them it 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 seems like this would be the time to at least investigate what you can get for one or the other and whether or not that could be something that fits this roster better and then who wants 35 year old LaMarcus Aldridge at whatever 24 million dollars other question as, as we've said before, there's always somebody in the NBA who's willing to take somebody like that, I think. It, it, people won't Possibly. be like beating down the doors to get LaMarcus Aldridge or DeMar DeRozan at those salaries. But I, I think that if the Spurs made up their mind that they wanted to trade one or the other, that they would find a suitor or two. Um, what, what direction do you think the Spurs should be going? What, what should their offseason priorities be? You might have hit on it right there. Um, Figuring out you've got your two highest paid stars, figuring, I mean, hey, deciding if they can work together in the the new way that you want to play and B, if not, what to do about it. And I I think what you you hit on is is kind of correct. I mean, you you look into what you could get for one of those. And probably, I mean, LaMarcus is the guy that I think might be the most expendable. I mean, I guess that's easy to of the two. And I guess that's easy to say because they just played pretty well in the bubble without him. But, like, he's a good player and does a lot of good stuff. And the, the, adding the three-point game will be helpful. Um, but I, I I think what you said is correct and that, that that small ball lineup works good with just a dirty work guy as the center. You need It works because Pirtle is – setting the screens and, and defending the rim and just rolling hard to the basket and doesn't need the ball to be effective. And um, if you throw LaMarcus in there, he's a, he's a great scorer, and you throw him in there, it's this kind of the same problem they've had since since LaMarcus got here. Is if you th- him, and, him and DeRozan both are great scorers and both need the ball in their hands, and it's hard to do that with two of those and, and play the, the small ball, fast-paced, uh, kind of thing that, that the Spurs are doing in Orlando that was so effective. So figuring all that out to me would be kind of um, kind of the, the focus of the offseason. Then a lot of questions will be answered from there. I mean, you know, the, the big free agency question is going to be Jakob. And so if you've decided maybe that guy should be your starting center, obviously you've got to resign him and do what you got to do to resign him. 
Um, so yeah, I think a lot of the questions will flow from how does this look when Lamarcus is back? Will it look? Will it work at all? And if not, um, do you have to make a move to to move one of those guys? Either of you guys uh, remind the listeners of of what exactly the free agent options or, or situations the Spurs have, starting with Yaka Pertl and and all the kind of details of the logistics of of of, of how the roster kind of works in there. There's not a lot of guys that are just flat out going to free agency. I mean, Pirtle's a restricted free agent, so the Spurs can can match outside offers. Um, your unrestricted guys that were in the rotation are Bryn Forbes, who um, looks Probably like even if he – Right, and even – yeah. He's not he's, – he's, I feel safe saying he's not going to be your starting two guard anymore. So even if he is back, he's like a, a bench piece. Um, Marco Bellinelli, who I feel safe saying will not be back. Um <clears throat> Like Trey Lyles has a team option at five point five million dollars. That seems like like a no brainer that they pick up that. That's not very much money, and that's really kind of what the aside from your little two like a Drew Eubanks or something like that. That's that's really your, your free agent situation for the Spurs. They don't have a lot of internal work to do, and like like I said, the the big one is Pirtle. I mean, I I I think you've got to try to bring him back. I I think they they've got to try to bring him back, and um, that would be the the focus of my off season as far as internal free agents Tom or Nick any thoughts yeah Yeah, I think Jeff's right right there just bringing back Jakobs is the most important thing uh, especially with how he played in the in the bubble and if you look at the NBA draft class there's not a lot of you can't say you can't go in there outside of you know Wiseman and say oh this this center is going to be a good prospect there's just not a lot there's a lot of guards in this draft class but that doesn't help the Spurs very much with what they have right now. So I think that has to be the number one priority. And then of course, Jeff's right. I don't think, I don't think we'll see Bryn Forbes or Marco Bellinelli back next year. Is the 11, number 11 pick good enough at this point that they won't spend the entire season in Austin? I, I think that could have happened with, yeah. Who was it? Lonnie Walker a year ago that Lonnie Walker wasn't going to spend as much time in Austin as he ended up spending, but there was an injury situation there that sent him back and on the the night that Zion came back or made his NBA debut against the Spurs in New Orleans um, I tried to get a um, some I, I made a poor attempt at a question of pop talking about how he sends all his rookies to the G League and why is New Orleans <laughs> sending Zion to the G League and uh he kind of was like, if I had a Zion, I wouldn't send him to the if, What are you, an idiot? And, uh, you know, if, if, the, if the Spurs draft a guy who's ready to play, I'll tell um, you what. And, 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 and there's minutes for, obviously, it's not a requirement that they, they have to go to the G League. If, if but, the G League had existed in 1997, Tim Duncan uh, would have tore that up. That's true. <laughs> he would have that's murdered true. the Fort Wayne Mad Ants on a nightly basis. That would have been fun to watch. That's true. That, that off topic, Mike. That was a good trip. Uh, you you brought up some good memories uh, that New Orleans trip of travel uh, of being able to leave the house. Yeah, yeah. Mike and I. Uh, that was a good trip. I like that trip. It was. It was. And you know, I guess that could lead into another discussion we can have, not just about the future of whether we're going to travel to Spurs games again, but. Yeah. Do, do y'all have any thoughts on on when we should expect to see 
an NBA regular season again, the next time the Spurs are going to play. I, 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 there's no definitive answer from the league on that. I don't think that they have anything really concrete planned to begin with. But do, do you expect to be covering an NBA game right. in December this year, or do you think it's going to be longer than that? The virus makes that call, right? That's true. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think I think a lot of people are, especially if this bubble goes off in Orlando all the way through through October and goes off kind of without a hitch. I think I think it's. I mean, I think there's a lot of optimism that there should, there could be games in December. Now, what that that probably looks like some sort of bubble scenario or maybe multiple bubbles. Yeah, regional around, regional bubbles. Yeah, regional bubbles. Yeah. If you're asking, will there will there will there will there be games in the AT and T Center with fans? I can't see that happening by December. Tom, you were in that Zoom room with Demar last yeah. night when when I think Dan Wojcik asked him about his thoughts on future bubbles, and it didn't seem like he was anxious was, to get back in a in a bubble anytime he, soon, did he? he? He sounded a note of caution. Um, you know, uh, it, they were heartfelt comments about the. You know, the stress and the mental strain of being away from the family and, and landmark events, birthdays, and it's just, you know, it, part you know part of me, I know some people out there say, well, these guys are being paid millions, you yeah. know, let's not sing, sing the blues too much for them, but, but still, you know, it's, it's hard. It's, it's been hard on all of us, and uh, I thought his comments were, were heartfelt, and, uh, you know, he, he certainly didn't seem like he's ready to jump into another long-term bubble situation. Every time you express, you, by you I mean like us as writers or media members or whatever, every time you expe- express any kind of empathy for a pro athlete, you get that chorus of, uh, screw mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they get paid millions for this. And it's just, it's kind of ridiculous. Sure, anybody would trade places with them, but you, you know. It's it's understandable why they wouldn't want to go back into a bubble yeah. like that right away, yeah. and uh, you know, like everybody else, they have concerns about missing out on family events and putting themselves at risk and all that type of stuff. And I I think that when this bubble in at Disney World to complete this 2019 2020 season, when that was conceived, there was a sense of urgency there to to finish this season out to make sure that the league collects all of its revenues from the from the playoff tv contract all that let's get this done and i think that when the it gets time to plan the next one they can afford to be a little bit more deliberative and uh i think there'll be more discussions as to maybe they go to regional bubbles like you guys were saying um maybe they wait just a little bit longer maybe the nba season long term um decides to start finishing in august every year which wouldn't be the worst thing i don't think but um, and if, if people out there are wondering when they're going to see the Spurs again, I don't think – we might not know that answer for several months. Yeah, right? the, the, yes, you are right. And I, I do feel like the league will do what it can to get those Christmas Day games in. Like that's a big impetus. And if you can, yeah, you can. Right. But I, I do think that's, that's, that's definitely on the list of priorities is can we start this thing before Christmas in some, in some capacity. Whether they're able to pull that off, I don't know, but I, I do know that's a that's a that's a huge priority. Another thing from the final post game zoom of the season was we had to somebody had to 
check and make sure that Pop wants to come see us again. And he said, why wouldn't I? And I, I think, I'm not going to speak for all you guys, but it, that, that seemed to be trending that way for a while. That once this all got pushed back, once the Olympics got pushed back to 2021, um, it, it seemed like that gave him another year to be around this team. And uh, it, you guys all expect him back, right? If I had to put money on it, yeah. Yes. yes. I'm not going to be surprised by anything, but if I had to put right. money yes. back on it, I'd say he's back, yeah. In, in a way, did this? you think this gave him a little more enthusiasm about what could what could be next year? Just the, And again, some of these teams they were playing weren't playing full speed, and everything about the bubble is kind of flukish, but it, it seemed like there's That's, a, a degree of positivity about things that might not have been there before. Right. I'm not going to say it changed his mind about anything, or he was leaning one way and is now leaning another, but I do think... Um, in, uh, as far as the on-court basketball product goes, I think he had a good time there, and was encouraged mm-hmm. there, and was optimistic there. I, I mean, I think it was a lot, of, a lot like first fans watching at home, where in March it just felt like this team is just going nowhere, and it's not even fun to watch them go nowhere. And then you get to the bubble, and it's it's interesting, and it's fun, and it's exciting, and oh, oh my God, they're actually winning games and, and might pull this off. And so I think that that sort of, um, I mean, it had to have. Um, sort of re reinvigorated pop a little bit. And, and if, if he was looking for extra reasons to want to give it another year, then, then I think it, it probably did that for him. What a great way to cap a career too to get, to get this group back in the playoffs. Yeah. And uh, maybe, you know, I don't want to say deep run, but you know, maybe they, they win a series. And I mean, that's a, that's a great achievement. Um, well, let's talk about yeah. that though. Like the West next year is going to be brutal. Yeah, yeah, it always is. But like this idea that the the Spurs are just a couple tweaks away. Like I don't know who's yeah, dropping out. Yeah. Okay, oh, of the eight teams that are in the playoffs now, and and when I guess that's nine because you have both Portland and and Memphis in a play-in series. You add your rejuvenated Spurs. That makes ten. Golden the State. Eight and o, the 8-0 Suns, that makes 11. Zion. The Golden State Warriors, who wow. not only are getting all their players back, but are going to add a top top three pick, basically. Um, that's 12. It's, it's going to be hard. That, that is a sobering thought right there, coming <laughs> off the high of the bubble. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, it's... It's not an. The Spurs could be better next year. Um, could actually show significant improvement and still find it difficult to get one of those spots. It's. I, I, don't, I don't know who's. I don't know who's dropping out. I'm gonna. I'm right gonna. Now. I'm gonna like eschew my normal uh, sunshine pumping uh, optimism because everyone knows that I'm just a ray of optimism around everyone that has ever met me. Correct. It could be years before the Spurs are back in the playoffs. It's a possibility. Even even if they're doing the right thing and building and all these guys are, are great and, and fun, it could be years. Like, the competition is stiff. And that is why – well, two, two uh, quick sort of related topics that I want to get into as we're winding down here. On the one uh, – first of all, on that, on that note, it kind of lends credence to – the thinking of why the Spurs tried so hard in recent years to keep trying to win. 
because you never know. You can start over and do everything right, and it might be years before you get back. So obviously, it, it, I just can't second guess any move they made that was trying to keep this window open as long as they could. Did it work out great? Obviously not. You know, it eventually ended the last couple of years. They weren't contenders, but you can understand why they wanted to see if they could make the playoffs with DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. A, a tangent to that, before we hit the record button from our secure locations today, um, Jeff McDonald was joking about how uh, we should talk about how Keldon Johnson should have started from game one this year and stupid idiot pop cost them another run to the playoffs because he wouldn't play the kids. I love how you put all that on me. That's, um, that's a that's a direct quote from yeah, just, while while you were going. Should have set off the record, pop. Yeah, um, <laughs> just let's let's end by kind of discussing that because my my thought on it on it is, yes, we can accept the possibility that lineup changes earlier in the year might have changed the record, in a good way or in a bad way, <clears throat> but I don't think it would have fundamentally changed what they got out of this season. I mean, they weren't going to become championship contenders either way. And it's, it's easy in retrospect to say that. And to, and to credit those who were pushing for, for Keldon Johnson and Lonnie Walker from the beginning, there absolutely were people out there saying they sh- that, that that should happen. And I'm not discounting that at all. They, they, might be, they might have been right all along. But the Spurs, who made the playoffs for 22 consecutive years, had their system and they wanted to kind of bring guys along the way they've always brought them along. And it's, it's to me, it's just totally defensible the way they did it. And uh, I'll stop talking and let you guys handle all that. I don't think it made much of a difference. I I just think if you're, if you're giving Keldon Johnson, whose minutes are you going to give him early in the season? And, how, how much has he developed at that point? I guess he's going to get all of Marco's minutes, maybe some of Patty's. But Patty played pretty well during the regular season. He didn't play in the bubble, but he was instrumental in that rotation and at times their best player. So you're going to take minutes away from him. I just don't think it would have improved. I'll, I'll go down with the ship when we're talking specifically about a guy like Keldon Johnson. going down as a Coming in as a 19-year-old kid, the 29th overall pick, starting off in Austin and just kicking everybody's butt down there, helped him become the player that was kicking people's butt in the Orlando bubble. I'll go, I'll, I'll die on that hill all day because a lot of it is just coming in and realizing that I can play at the next level. And sometimes the next level is just playing with bros and grown men in the, in the G league. And you go down there and you dominate for, for 20 games or 25 games. Um, it makes you a different player when you're finally given an opportunity to play with the big boys in the NBA. And I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't put Zion there, but I think most teenage rookies coming in, it, it's beneficial for them to cut their teeth down there instead of just coming into the NBA and just getting their butts kicked from the get-go. Yeah, and Keldon's been consistent in saying that uh, he had no problem with that G League experience. In fact, last night he said, I, I was very grateful uh, to, to land with a franchise that had a plan for me. Yeah. Uh, so this happens, will... all, this happens with all of them, though. Derek White goes off for those – for 36 against Denver in the playoffs. And it's, see, he should have been playing from the very first game of the season. Lonnie Walker has a big game against Houston. And it's, see, he should have been playing, some, he shouldn't have been in the, the G League at all. 
I just I think this isn't uh, this isn't fair. a hot take. This isn't a take that's gonna the, uh, you know flabbergast anybody. But I think the fairest way with all these, with all these, is if if I concede the possibility that if Keldon Johnson had played earlier, Flynn Walker had played earlier, the Spurs might have won a few more games. I'll concede that possibility. If the other side will concede the possibility that Lonnie Walker and Keldon Johnson might be better players today, might be, if you just concede that possibility, might be better players today because of the time they spent in the G League. I, I think that no matter which side of this argument you're on, you have to acknowledge that it's not an absolute, that it's, there's, there, there's, there's a chance that the Spurs could have done it right the right way. There's a chance that another way could have worked too. That's kind of the beauty of um, basketball and developing prospects and all that type of stuff. And um, I think the next time we do a Spurs Insider podcast, it'll be closer either to the draft lottery in which the Spurs will have either the 10th or the 11th most ping pong ball combinations or, or the draft itself, which is coming up later this year. And uh, plenty of time in the offseason to get into all that. We thank all of you for listening throughout this uh, extended season um, and subscribing to the newsletter and and subscribing to theexpressnews.com. We will talk to you again soon. Until then, take care of each other and keep it real.